You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Hi, everyone. I think this is our final. Oh, no, we have one more. But today is Is There Hope, Acceptance and Grief in our grief series because... Everybody's grieving. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today. Yeah, I can, I, I can totally vibe off of that. You're going to make me laugh. This is what I look like when I'm part delirious, not depressed. That's great. Yeah. I can, I can totally go with that. One thing is that the vibe you give will give me good vibes so that we can totally tap into this subject. As we move is to acceptance, hope? I know. Yeah, the man. last couple have been a little tough. I'm like, oh, I don't feel those feelings right now. Let me figure out how to tap into them. Hope and acceptance. Is there hope? Look, let me tell you, coming into today, into this conversation today, I'm like, I have that little troll on my shoulder that's like, there's no hope. The world is dark and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you still in despair? Yeah. And then I'm just like. Okay, I got you, little troll. I hear you, but I can't. I can't let you take away all the sunshine. I mean, that's what grief and depression looks like. Because I'm saying there's hope, but and I'm laughing about it, but I don't really believe it. Yeah, <laughs> my brain goes to the existential question of is there hope as opposed to is this going to change? Is this going to last forever? I mean, these yeah. are the kinds of questions that we get from people who just lost somebody, right? It's like, is it going to Yeah, the, it's the more tangible better? ones. Yeah. I'll kick us off. I always think it's really interesting. There are things that your life that you grieve and we have human ways of dealing with them. Like, what helps me get over a breakup? Finding someone new. <laughs> Why is that funny? Oh my God. Because truth. okay, maybe, but there are there there's um there are other options there, Teresa. There's also the are you laughing because it's the level of the heartbreak? Yeah, totally. I, I think that it's everything. The level of everything yeah. will then impact how much you're grieving. Right. And some things are irreplaceable. Yeah. So what happens if you lose something irreplaceable? This is where I maybe am in a bad spot because my brain goes to just avoid it and ignore <laughs> ignore your problems. It helps with hope. I mean, that's kind of true. Maybe that's where my brain is now. I don't know if I lost something right now because I don't want to be in despair. Is a person who struggles with grief, who is avoidant of depression, or maybe doesn't struggle with depression, is their coping skill to move to acceptance very fast? That's where you double down on denial plus acceptance at the same time. Is that what it looks like? <laughs> denial plus acceptance <laughs> equals hope. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just going to be like, this is all fine. And this is all part of life. And we're just going to move on. It's going to be fine. You know, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. okay, are you really accepting what's happened to you? Are you actually in denial? Like, what does acceptance really look like? As opposed to when people tell you, no, you're, you grieve too fast. Like there's no way that you're just fine. Yeah. Your equation, acceptance. Denial. Yeah. Acceptance and denial equals hope. I think it embodies both of those things and you're going to sit in, you're, you're sitting in denial. You're not really in acceptance yet. And See, that's you know, like judgmental, you know, because maybe. Judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I'm going to tell you why though. It could be judgmental, but I'm going to tell you why. In my experience, what comes up is 
Yep. You have false acceptance. Okay. Cause you're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally, I got this. I got this. I know that it was really hard. I'm ready to move on. And here I go. And I'm ready to tackle whatever. And then you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, damn, I thought I had to work through all this. And it just like slaps you in the face. And you're like, yeah, you, t- you could take a step. You're not ready for the 10 steps that are ahead of you. Yeah. So what does acceptance look like for you? Acceptance looks like... I'm going to say giving in. I'm uh, I'm going to describe that. Giving in completely to saying, okay, the things that I thought I could have controlled, mm-hmm. I've tried to logically maneuver every single piece that I thought was maneuverable in my head. And I'm just exhausted by it. And I have to put my arms down and I'm just like, okay, I got to give in to the fact that I just don't know anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know where, what direction to head in. And then part of that is I, I really got to see this situation for what it is. And then moving moving into this space of, okay, I've, I've really looked at this, man. It, it is ugly as hell. This situation, there's no other way to interpret it other than this nasty crap that's happened. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Uh, when I asked that question, I thought in my head at the same time I was listening to you. And what came to my head is I can tell that I'm moving towards acceptance because I can talk to some, I can talk to other people about what I'm grieving. Oh, yes. Otherwise, Without crying. Or even to me, acceptance is being able to, I mean, I don't know because maybe that's me, right? You're a processor. I could tell you make lists. These are your ways of coping. You're, you, you, you probably have a tendency to reach out. Like that's not my tendency. My tendency, and which is probably why I have depression, is like I shove it, I eat it, I internalize it, and I bury it. And I'll stay in denial forever. So when I get through all the other stages and I really process through them, I feel like part of my way of knowing that I can move on is even just sharing it out loud to someone else, not in a journal, not in my own head. I, and I do think sometimes it looks like crying because I'm crying and I'm having these strong emotions at the same time, but I'm going to move towards acceptance. This is really good. I don't know. Like I'm thinking about recent changes. Like there are things that in my life that I never was able to talk to anybody about it. I've alluded to some of these things here. I don't tell details. And recent changes have allowed me to just talk about it and share details about things that have happened. And I feel more free for the first time in my life, freaking 40 something years old, because I've processed and because I'm released from the burden of that Mm -hmm. grief, the burden of that suffering. When you share that, because I am a processor, like you say, right? And I tend not to really ask for help. When I, part of the acceptance for me is like actually actually letting myself feel the feelings, like the nasty, cry your eyes out, boogies running, like what the hell is up? And then it's that next phase where I can talk about it, like you're saying. And I I mean, I've, I've lived this recently where I was just like kind of devastated. And then I was like, okay, I couldn't even form the words without having tears in my eyes. And I was like, okay, all right. And I wasn't ready. And then there came a point where I was like, I, I got this. Yeah. And, you know, maybe one tear drops. I'm like, nope, I can say what I need to say. And uh, <laughs> this is it, you know. And for me, that 
that becomes a space where I can then say, I've done all these things. And, and naturally it gets me into the, in my mode of progress of action, right? Like, okay. What next? Yeah. yeah. You've processed this now, do something with it. I think that planning is also another good sign that you're ready to move on from something. Yeah. When you were talking about getting words out and then not being able to choking, you know, I, I think about the kind of grief that happens that's tied to other people because mm. you had a fight and you, or you lost something. You can't literally speak to the person that you're in this issue with. I feel like I, I also know that I'm processing through the grief because when you talk about that choking, I really relate to that. And like I can start to address the people who are in mm -hmm. this pain with me and literally being able to talk to them tells me I've gone through some things in my own mind and in my own heart that help me do that on one level, literally without just having a knot in your neck that doesn't let you yes. speak. But the other side is also without being hyper defensive. <laughs> That's a big one for me. I get hyper defensive. It's so hard. I hate that I'm so emotionally reactive because that looks like anger that never helps a situation. You know, cold. when you say that, though, <laughs> People are like you're so cold. Like, um, it's a coping mechanism <laughs> where I can be very vocal and I and I can definitely get very defensive and very reactive. In my mind, the other side of that is like, how can you just sit there and not say anything? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> to yourself, you know? you're saying this or to someone yes. else? Yes, like to the other person, like this is what I'm thinking. I'm just like, why aren't you reacting this way? And and the it's really the, the two kind of people coming together and very different modalities of thought. And you're just mm -hmm. like, and I wish in many ways that I had that capacity to just not say what the hell I'm thinking. It is so true. I had a situation with a family member. We went through some, you know, every family has crisis all the freaking time. But we went through something recently and my family member was like, I definitely process through crisis differently than my partner. And like, that's like processing through grief looks differently. That's what you're describing. You're like, I'm a speaker. You're not a speaker. You're coping one way. But when you're doing this with your partner, it's like, this is a breeding ground for conflict. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to tap into something you just said, because before I think I can get to this place of hope, I kind of feel like I have to like completely get rid of all the negative thoughts that exist in my head. I have to wow. like get it out. You know, uh -huh. I got to just speak it. I got to write it down something. But in the case where somebody doesn't do that and they're kind of quiet, right? Yeah. It can be totally misinterpreted. Like, are you even here? Are you participating? Do you not see what's happening? You know? God, America, and, you gotta like throw my crap at me. My husband's always saying, are you looking at me? <laughs> Can you look <laughs> at me to tell me that you're listening to me? And I'm like, I don't look at people in the eye, <laughs> but I'm listening. But all of that is so important because there is, it, conflict will arise because we don't always have the capacity to be able to communicate. Like you just said, I am listening to you, even though I can't, I can't look at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. You know. But so, okay. So to move towards acceptance, you need to process a ton 
I think, is that true for everybody that before we can really move to acceptance, are we, we're either processing with others or processing in ourselves, but your sense, and maybe I agree, it's probably true that if you've experienced a major grief, the only way to get beyond it is to go through all those feelings, sadness, denial, bargaining, anger, fear, Yeah. process. This is basically what this whole series has said, you know, lean into what that looks like. Because if you don't experience those feelings, you cannot think about really allowing yourself real hope and healing without forgiveness. Damn, you brought pops and forgiveness in there and everything. Damn, I did. I did. I did. As I said it out loud, I was like, (laughs) no forgiveness is really hard. It's like, man, we were talking about something real tough. Now you got to bring that in here. Yeah, I, I love, I love this conversation. It it helps me to try to formulate in my mind, like a path, right? Like the path that I've taken in some of these instances, and I feel that hope can feel so far away and such like a foreign thing. That's it's like I can't. I don't even have time to think about hope. What do you mean? Yeah. And the idea of thinking about hope can be super scary because you may not even know what to hope for. Yeah. So I had an amazing social work teacher. Her name is Margaret Fetting. Um, she was my substance use teacher. And she described this when she worked with people with substance use, she described having assessing the way that they were under a blanket. Mm-hmm. What kind of blanket are you under? How deep are you in that space? You know, what does it look like? And the moment of recovery that happens or the moment that you as a helper can think about whether there's going to be opportunity for recovery or even for yourself was hope. And, And that was in the form of light. Like, when does the blanket come off just enough or the shape of the blanket change so a little bit of light comes in? And I feel like that's what acceptance looks like. You talk about being able to see it. It feels far away. So we're in Mm -hmm. the midst of grief. It feels so dark and so cold and so far away. But there's some part in this journey where you feel like you see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. You kind of start to feel inside your heart that it's going to be okay for real. Mm. I think even in 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 the most difficult times that I've encountered, and I have that little troll that's sitting on my shoulder, the light, even it just that glimmer is enough to be like, don't give in to that little troll, man. You got to knock him off your shoulder. Don't do it. He's like hmm. playing mind games with you, man. Don't. <laughs> the harder part, I think, can be rationalizing through what that hope is because I, I that's me, right? I have to rationalize. I have to logically find direction. And it's like, God, America, can you just accept what it is? You don't have to you know, have this whole explanation for it. But oftentimes I have to have somebody help me see that. It's really interesting. As we talk about acceptance, one thing that's coming out that I see here is that your personality dictates where we are most comfortable in Mm. stages of grief. And is yours bargaining? Where I'm most comfortable? It's not comfortable. Comfortable. It's like, this is, I keep going back to this. Like, if if there's a stage I'm gonna get stuck in, it's it's this. I would say bargaining. You're because I could, 
I could argue my way into every single be like, well, you know, this yeah. could, yeah, totally. Because what, what I sense in myself as we talk about acceptance is maybe that's why I started with denial because that's where I have the highest risk of getting stuck. And when your body is moving towards change and positive change, there's a part of you that wants to move backwards. You call that your troll, <laughs> but your troll tells you <laughs> to go back where it feels safe and the suffering that feels safe, right? For yeah. you, it's in the state of bargaining. And for me, it's utter denial and avoidance. And that, that's interesting because we should be talking about acceptance, but maybe you cannot uncouple acceptance without knowing yourself and knowing your risks knowing the way you want to listen to that troll and what does your troll look like yeah i've seen this i've i've seen this come about in so many different ways with different people in my life where i've had you know like um i've had family members who passed away very suddenly and then folks that were connected to that very intimately they processed so differently and it's so true about their personality really guiding that path. And it's only, it's only really visible to me now when you say that. But I remember people were like, oh my God, you know, do, do you think they need more help? And, and there were several people involved. So there's like very distinct examples of how different each one moved through all of this. Yeah. Where we get stuck. Yeah. And what for me is interesting is it's the transition, you know, it's, that's when therapists talk about grief doesn't just happen linearly, it mm -hmm. moves back and forth. And yeah, like your body and your mind wants to move on. But as you move on, there's something that pulls you back to your space. And probably when you get pulled back in your space, it's going to be, it's going to be in the form that are your biggest traps, mm -hmm. you know? So what does that mean? It's really because where at that least blanket for me, is. It me back, you know, it kind of what that means is it looks like 30 years of non-progress. <laughs> That metaphor that you were using around the blanket, like the blanket, soft and cuddly, come back to the place where you know it's soft and cuddly, all I nice know. and warm. Well, this is what's hard about acceptance, right? Because for a, a lot of my life, this is like a whole nother podcast, we are comfortable with the devil we know, even though I'm sitting in the dark and it's cold AF and I hate myself and I've destroyed everything. At least I made myself the failure. <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I controlled that. Yep. I'm here and, out or, of my or, own choosing. The risk is is what's scary about acceptance. Like, you say, oh, well, the warm blanket. And you're like, ah, I know you're saying it's warm, but <laughs> I hate that blanket. <laughs> yeah. I am not comfortable in that space, even though everybody else lives in it comfortably. And that's what sucks is it's also the first time you start to glimpse how other people live yeah. in the light. And that, and that itself is painful. I mean, that's where I think grief opens itself to other experiences mm -hmm. and other challenges because you're never going to get that person back. You're never get those that time of your life back. It's hard not to compare. Do you think, in, in kind of thinking through this with us, has it been easy for you to grasp onto this idea of hope? Now that you kind of lived it, is it easier for you? All positive feelings are hard for me. And hope is also hard. Hmm. I have had to put myself in 
extreme situations, utilize medications, you know, stuff or experiences to like, I feel like church in my life was a period like that, you know, like the idea and the concept of an all loving being was big enough to hold me. Mm, Okay. And I can draw back to that time and I felt warmth and I felt love and I felt hope. And that's why it's so it's so healing for a lot of people. But in my general life, no, I think it's really hard. Um, and I don't know if that's because of all of the life experiences that I've had or because of my depression. Can you happen to that? You know, this this feeling of warmth that you describe. Can you tap into it at all now and be like, do you remember that? It, it was a good thing. I don't know. I feel like some people live in that. It's easy for them to live and feel that or draw that back. I mean, even my pause, you asked me that question. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, like my pause, I have to really reach. Is that part of the way my brain is that makes it that makes it hard? And that's part of my challenge, right? I have to live with that. I can't. To me, I've accepted that I have depression. <laughs> so the I know people who can draw on that strength all the time and they have energy and they are in positivity and I I love that for them. I'm not sad for myself as much. There was a process in my own grief of coming to terms with having clinical depression where that was harder and I'm not in a depressed episode right now. So when I'm in a depressed episode, it's even more difficult. But at baseline, I just I don't feel sad but I can't tap into that hope or joy, but I don't feel bad about it. Hmm. And then I intellectualize grief and that's a way to help me process through it and not get stuck in the emotion while also feeling the emotion as I'm able to. And I will have to just say as in a person in their forties, I am, (laughs) I am still learning how to process grief. Like I didn't know anything in my 20s and 30s, and I'm barely just starting to learn now, you know? So these things, is it a time issue? Is it an access thing, a personality thing? I don't know. For you to get to this place where you are today, right? You don't have any negative feelings about your your current existence as it is. Like, all right. So you've definitely come to this place of acceptance, in a way that you've done some work, right, to get here. And um, in the same kind of thought, though, and I, and I turn it back to me, like, I can intellectualize anything. That's kind of like my default. The harder part of it is feeling. And I think that's the part that's a little scary where... Once I know that I can feel hope and there is hope is like kind of losing that along the way and being some way reminded somebody, I don't know, shows me something that I'm like, oh man, I know that feeling, you know, you could get there if you really wanted it, you know, and um, it's kind of tied to my inability to fully embrace feelings at a hundred percent. Yeah. That holding back. Yeah. That's why I don't like the concept of hope and acceptance as being the place you get to. You're right. 
I need that idea. Like it's a destination. Yeah. And then you're just supposed to stay there because a destination you kind of stay at, right? And for me, this feels like my final thought. And it's consistent with everything that you read about grief. It doesn't just end in acceptance. It comes back. It never changes. I think we've said that. You can lose something so meaningful in your life. You can never take away that loss. That loss will always be there. It's going to come up in your life in times you never know. Even when I'm 80, I think there will think be things, but it does take on a different shape. Acceptance isn't the destination that I'm going for. It's if I'm lucky, I get to stay in this space and things feel good and feel better. But I also think that when something is really meaningful in your life, you do grieve it and that's honoring it. So as I've, as I've moved from grief and suffering and I think of grief and strength, I think that acceptance also looks that I can like I can feel fear and denial and anger, but I can move towards seeing that as a way that I honor that history and mm. I know that and I see that as a strength, not I not that I see it seeped in that in this in the negativity of that feeling. I really like that. Um all right then. Thank you all. I think next week will be our sort of final but we'll just kind of keep on going like life yep all right thank you all talk to you next week keep on fighting in the open